Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Today we are going to talk about a game called The Lion Song. The Lion Song has very positive ratings. It is back from July of 2016. Developer and publisher Me Pumi Games, I believe is pronounced. Episode 1 is free, so if you have not played it, you can certainly play the first one for free on Steam. There are four chapters. It's about $9 for all, which is a bit pricey, but it often gets bundled or discounted, right? as as with many things by the time we end up playing them. It is a pixel art style game. It's a very small file size, and uh, it's just a mix of browns and reds and yellows and and maybe a bit of gray. It's a very interesting color palette they've chosen, and it, it does work well. I do like that. I will just jump in here now to say that personally I don't like it but I also just don't think this is my style of game. When I was trying to decide how to describe this game I would say that it is somewhere between a visual novel and a walking simulator except there's not a lot of walking so a point and click simulator it's a very it's a very unusual thing and that's that's why we're talking about I think today is that it is something that's a bit its own thing while also taking things from other games that i'm i'm not sure how i feel about but i can't really get into that until we get into the spoiler section i'm not a big fan but i think you are i mean you've played it twice now right i played it twice now yeah i like it Uh, i'm not usually into these kind of visual novels but yeah this was like a visual novel with a little bit of extra stuff yeah to click around on it's not really puzzles in the game and the puzzles that they try and put in they put in like the what was it there's one in it's in chapter one and it's like oh it's locked the key's outside under a flower pot like you didn't even let me solve it (laughs) but i mean i like this game because it's out of my comfort zone and i got i got this in in a fanatical bundle i remember and yeah it was really striking i liked I liked some of the stories. I thought it was uh, a well-told story for some of the chapters. And I like that, this time period that they've set it in. And it's got, like, characters. It's kind of, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a an historical fiction visual novel, I guess, is what you could say. In a way, yeah. So, personally, I would say try out the first chapter. If you do not like the first chapter, then... That's exactly what the rest of the game is like. Yeah. So you can duck out for free. <laughs> But if you do like it, if you find this is something that you want to try, if you have never tried visual novels before, this would be a good one to try out, particularly because it's free and because if you like the first chapter, then there are more that you can immediately buy and play through. I think as far as the developers, I've seen a few things that they've posted. They had a whole development Tumblr blog, which I think they still were using for their second game. Yeah, they got a new game out. Uh, I've got Flower a wish collectors. Of, I yeah, think. something like that. He's spying on people through their windows. It looks like <laughs> it's an odd game. I don't know anything about it. If it's a very different style game, I might play it. But if it's exactly the same style of game, I think that I would probably not at this point. But that's pretty much it. We need to get into a game that's mostly story, so there's definitely going to be spoilers ahead. Mm-hmm. If you have not played, now's the time to play. And if you have already played, well, you can join us after the spoiler warning. Okay, so here we are in the spoiler section. 
before chapters, let's talk about chapter one, Silence. The one I haven't written down. <laughs> um, yeah, Silence is about a woman who is a kind of, what's she, kind of like a child prodigy violinist or something like that? She's not. Let's make that clear. She picked up the violin at an early age, but I don't believe she's a prodigy. I think what she is is somebody who has a talent for writing music. She is a young composer that is going to be very well celebrated once she writes the one song. (laughs) Yeah. The lion song. Oh, what's the name of the game? (laughs) Yeah, so that's important. But at this point, she is still just finishing up. I think she's still in her music academy. And her professor, Arthur, I think it is, is pushing her to do more. Oh, you have some people noticing you now. We need to take advantage of that momentum and we need to get you out there in the public eye you need to write a song and it needs to be done by friday or next something. week <laughs> yeah you have one week good luck yeah i love that we kind of like oh you look stressed out here's the keys to my uh my chalet up in the mountains you should take a break and then when she gets oh by the way uh, you need to come up with uh, an entire song like uh, no pressure <laughs> but go ahead go there no distractions i won't be there yeah and yeah, it it gets a little ridiculous, but that's chapter the one setup. is dumb, man. That's what, when I text you, I was like, just push, push through chapter one. I don't. Chapter one is probably my least favorite. It's not how I would have opened the game. And here's the problem: I think chapter one is my favorite part of the game. Oh man, really? And I will tell you why. Well, go for it. One, I'm new to everything, so everything here is a bit of. A mystery. I don't know how the game is played. I don't know what's going to be happening. We've had the opening with the boy getting on the train, and we don't know what's going on with that. They're teasing you with all these little bit of mysteries. And then, I mean, there's a lot of point and click kind of silliness that, that I will get into when we, when we start talking about the actual gameplay. But with the phone call from Leos... Mm-hmm. That was a surprise. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that to be something that would keep happening. So I enjoyed that. I actually enjoyed the conversations that they had. That was, for me, probably the best part of the game. I like that part too. I don't really understand why she just doesn't shower or change her clothes and keeps on falling asleep at desk over and over again. Well, let's be honest. It's cheaper and faster <laughs> to make a game where she only has to have two rooms. Yeah, exactly. So you've got outside yep. and inside. And as soon as she fell asleep at the desk, I thought, oh, is that what they're doing? And then when she fell asleep at the desk again, <laughs> well, that's definitely <laughs> what they're doing. And there are a few times throughout the game where you can see that. Mm. Uh, they've, I'm sure they're a small, I mean, you can see in the credits, they're a small indie crew making this happen yeah so allowances can be given but it is a bit silly (laughs) (laughs) given that we know they can make a scene of somebody in a bed from the third chapter Mm -hmm. then we definitely know that it is possible but perhaps they were just trying to get this first section out there probably yeah i like that and i like how the story as we find out later is all kind of 
not, not tangled together. They're loosely kind of related to each other, or you'll you'll meet people from other chapters in in other chapters. Which is honestly probably the only thing that really fits our genre of what we normally mm. talk about in filling the gaps is that there are all these connections, right, that happen. And that probably is the second most interesting thing for me after just the call from Leos and everything that happened there. Yeah, because you actually, well, I, I, I felt something for the character because when Leos is talking about his, his, is it his niece? Yeah. Yeah, he's talking about his niece and, and things like that and the, the story, even though it's all told through just dialogue and kind of straightforward, just like, here's what it is. You feel, I felt a connection with the character. So when you meet Nicole later, you're like, oh, you're Nicole. It's like, I know who you are. It's kind of cool. I like how they set it up. Yeah. Um, that is pretty good. I really like the way that, just the way that he's written his dialogue. At first, it seems really weird because he got a phone for the first time. And just dialed randomly, I guess. <laughs> Hello, yeah. where are you? I'm in the Alps. Oh, wow. These machines really do work. <laughs> I don't know how that would happen because in the early days you had to talk to an operator, operator. who would put you through. So he just say, "Put me through to anyone," yeah. and that's what happened. It does seem. And when you call him back, his number's only four digits long. Well, that could be possible. Oh, is it okay? In the U.S., it used to be letters and numbers. There okay. was a combination that you could tell to the operator, and the operator could. Ah, actually physically i thought she was physically just dialing in the four numbers no 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 no. no. they were actually taking wires and kind of connecting them do you remember in kentucky route zero in yeah the communication thing it would look like that a huge board of just all these holes and wires to connect oh when i was a kid my 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 mom well both my parents worked in hospitals and my mum used to dump me, if she had to take me to work, she used to dump me in with the receptionist at the switchboard. And they had this massive switchboard from the, this was in the 80s, man, in Scotland. <laughs> Just this huge switchboard. They let me play around with it and pull the wires out and plug them in because you, unless you're, unless they're active, they don't do anything. But I spent a lot of time in those rooms. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know the specifics, but. It was definitely a different world. Yeah, than, definitely. <laughs> than just putting it in your contact list and hitting, you know, send. Yeah, definitely got it a lot easier now. But I mean, one one thing is just placing this in a timeline. So I'm going to say it's the early 1900s, maybe? Well, yeah. Did they tell in, you that? Well, in chapter four, uh-huh. they're off to World War One. Well, yeah, that, that at the end. But I mean, at the beginning, when you don't know... Um, yeah, I don't think that much time passes. Because because you meet Gustav Klimt, you'll meet. Um, they'll they'll talk about um, Freud, isn't it? Freud is in it. They'll talk about Venus and Furs, uh, the book. You can read that at one point. Uh, so yeah, it, I, I reckoned it was between like the eighteen nineties because the grandfather said that that mountain was first climbed, and I looked that up. It was actually first climbed in. 1879, and he said he climbed that a year later, which would be 1890. Yeah, when so, he was a younger man. So, so, so yeah, it's going to be... I, like, I'm going to say it's like... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the whole thing will take place between 1910 and 1914, I would assume, because so much happens in a short amount of time, mm. and it Clint, all seems well, to be happening about the same time. Because Clint was dead by 1918, so... Um, well, yeah. Just I, after, after the First World War. Yeah, yeah again, the fourth chapter is just before yeah. world war one they make that very clear so it 
certainly the fourth chapter, we know exactly when that's happening. But the first chapter could be a bit earlier, but I don't don't think it's much earlier. Mm. When it comes to the gameplay for the first chapter, there's not a lot to do. Click on stuff, read stuff. Pretty much. There are some letters you can read. Did you read the letters? I think you have to, don't you? I mean, I did, but I read all of them. I I don't know if you have to. There's a secret letter that maybe that's the one you're not supposed to read, but I certainly read it. Because what else was I doing in this one? You get uh, Yeah, I mean, you get an achievement for stuff. Yeah, but you might get an achievement for not reading it too. You probably do, because this is one of those games where you've got to do multiple playthroughs. And I must have played this... I thought I'd played this way before they even introduced achievements to the game. Because I kept on getting new pop-ups. Because this is this is just the second time that I've played it. Um, and I was like, oh, they must have added them. And then I checked my list. It's like, no, no, I've already got 40 of them. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not... I'm not interested in going back to pick up achievements like that. Like, give them all to me in one run. Don't force me to play it again. Come on. But I think that that is a hallmark of this kind of visual novel game where the only gameplay you really have are the choices you make in mm. dialogue, the choice whether you pick up the phone or don't pick but up I the phone. But I always forget what I did before. <laughs> That's my problem. I'll do the same things over and over again. Right. My problem is having to sit through the whole thing again. It's not a it's not a long game. It's what four hours, four hours maybe. maybe. Yeah. It's not a long game. So you could do that, but it's very rare that I for example would watch a movie and want to immediately watch it again. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you would have to do to go through remember all your choices. You pretty much have to do it right away. Yeah. That to me is not fun. So <laughs> I don't really want to especially when it's not going to make a huge difference. Oh, I will say this though: at the end of the game, there is a there is a screen where you can go, and it will show you all the choices that were made, and it will actually have a little replay button, so you can pick the moment and go back and pick another option. That they've added, I saw that in the development, and that is a good idea. That definitely helps. So if yeah. there's only one thing you want to see, so I went back for one thing to re-see it, and it really wasn't worth going back for. Mm-hmm. And so that just put the idea in my head of, like, well, there's no point then. Yeah. Because you're not really going to get what you want from it. You want, if you're going to do that, you almost want a completely different ending, a completely different story. But these stories are very much on rails. Yeah. And you're going to have to get to the point that they want you to get to. And I'm not sure if there are different endings or not. I'm assuming there might be a couple, but mm, your guess is as good as mine. Do well. I guess, we'll probably get to that. I guess if when we get to the ending, you click around on stuff. Like you said, you can read it, and it's it's kind of stupid. You you have to find the thing that inspires her. So you have to click on everything. Squeaky lantern. Like. <laughs> well, the squeaky lantern. You have no, it's to bothering her. That's it's right. bothering anything. It's bothering her. You have to stop it from bothering her. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great, but this is my <laughs> this is the best section. I think one because it is shorter. I think it's more focused. I think that we get a lot of who Wilma is and what she wants. She is she is in a weird place where she has success, like a bit of success. She could get more success if she keeps working at it. She could just try to fall in love with Arthur if he wants her. She could go back home 
and just be happy with her family. There are so many things that she could be. This is that crossroads of just about to graduate mm-hmm. and move into the real world. And what do you want to do now? And I like that. Though I'm not sure, having replayed one of the sections here, the conversation with herself, where she was looking through the mirror. Oh, yeah. Where the other side says, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And there there are, I think, three choices, but they all essentially say the same thing. What do you want? What's important to you? And you choose, I think one time I chose, I want to be with Arthur. And then the next time I did the replay and was like, I want to be with my family. And I didn't feel like it changed okay. a whole lot. It changed just a bit of dialogue in that really mm. brief scene. Maybe it would have changed more later. But right. I I don't think it would because there's some text in the game that says, oh, you can replay sections, but it won't really affect the next chapter. Okay. It might affect the tail ending where you get the epilogue of pretty much everyone. Yeah. But I don't know if it would really affect the gameplay. But part of that is because each chapter is a different character. Yeah. So that's the first chapter. Anything else that you wanted to add for that one or should we move on to that? No, I just, just move on, yeah. Like, like I said, for me, this probably... Um... For me, it was the weakest out of all the chapters. Um, I just... It's all right. It's all right. I'm not saying it's bad, but yeah. For me, it gets better. So chapter two was the painter. Well, before you do that, you have to do the train or Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Paul and Frida are splitting up. And he says, will you pine for me, my dear? And she says, well, are you going to be faithful to me? (laughs) So they basically break up here at the train station and Paula is going to walk into the same compartment as Otto. And then, yeah, so he's the painter, isn't he? So, No. Isn't he? Oh, Paul might be the fake painter? Yeah. Yes. So that would connect to this story, which... So Otto with his sister, mm-hmm. his first story, then, yeah, Paul with the painter of... Uh, Franz Markert, I believe yeah. his name is. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And his grandfather, Joseph, are going to a party. Joseph doesn't seem happy about it, but Franz really wants to go because there are famous people there, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess he wants he Important wants people. Yeah. And he also, he also painted a picture of the woman from the first chapter, and that's why he's kind of got a little bit of fame as well, isn't it? Yes. They've noticed him because of him painting her, and she's just become famous as well. So all of these things start to tie together. There are what appear to be ghostly people that appear, but it's Mm. Franz guessing at people's personalities or something. Seeing their layers. Seeing their layers. That's what he says, yeah. Seeing their layers. And he'll say that over and over and over (laughs) again. This, This chapter, it just... It goes on for a very long time. <laughs> I like this chapter. I like this chapter. Okay, so this is why I want to have this discussion. <laughs> why do you like this chapter? What really works I don't know. I just you? like the story. I like the idea of the artist, the struggling artist, the, the tormented artist. Um, I liked how, yeah, he... It's... I'm not artistic as a, as a human being in any way, shape, or form. So 
it gave me a little chance to play as someone who has artistic talent and it just even so, something as simple as like yeah showing their ghosts it's like he's an artist who doesn't see people he sees through people he sees them for what they really are and so I like the whole mechanic as well of the level just going back to like how the game works I like the mechanic of as you talk to the person that you've chosen to paint the questions that you ask them reflect how you paint them and so you can paint people in different ways. I think that's one of the, that's maybe one of the reasons I would go back is maybe to ask all the, all different questions and paint them in different lights. Cause I ended up painting the Lieutenant as a, as a monster and I got an achievement for that and he wasn't happy with me. So how did you paint him? Just out of curiosity. Do you remember? Why would you assume that I painted the Lieutenant? Oh yeah. Did you paint the, the banker? I did. I painted the banker on my last playthrough. That's right. Yeah. So I did, I did, remember something from before the other guy seemed arrogant and irritating oh, that's why i wanted to paint and the him. banker though <laughs> he was really into oh capitalism is good and mm. money equals good <laughs> there was something about him that made me go actually he's not bad he's not the one i wanted no. there were so many other people in the room that i thought would be more interesting the gossips yeah. where one is clearly his ghost is kind of an evil yeah and the woman is very sad uh, Either one of those would be interesting. There's one where the the ghost figure looks like he's giving you the finger. Like, did you see that? It's <laughs> like this. Oh, let's put a circle around that in the video. It's just like boing. All right, not 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 very nice. I wanted to paint Gustav Klimt, man. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, but but he even tells you it's like I'm not I'm not doing it. It's weird that they. Maybe it's weird. Maybe it's not. We've talked about this a bit before. I'm not a huge fan of throwing real people into games like this because when you do, it just kind of messes with things. None of the other characters are real. Yes. At least as far as I could tell. I but checked. a <laughs> handful of famous people happen to be here just to give you probably one, a sense of the timeline. Two, as a shorthand, you see this famous painter and you know that he must be a famous painter and have other people around him that would be into art. And he'd be surrounded by these kind of people of power. Right. A top banker, a top soldier. Art critics. Yeah. Uh, oh, and one thing that we find out, I think, from this scene as well, is that the painting of the violinist has been bought by an innkeeper in uh, Austria or whatever, wherever he was. So the innkeeper, uh, Leos, he bought the painting. I know that from later, but are we in my choices at the end of the chapter it said a certain percentage gave the painting to leos or something and i was like i, I don't remember doing that at all um, was it like an option that we had where we could say yes i'll sell the painting or i know there were the sketches was it the sketches i sold to I him because i thought those were going to the banker i sold no, them to the banker i thought that was a different one i i i had the same one but it was for it was for the art critic so she said to me I'll I'll buy it when when you visit her at the end. I think you you have to visit her. I'm pretty sure I visited her, but she did not offer to buy. All oh, right, okay. Well, she painting. did for me. So she she said she offered to buy me it. I think I ended up just giving it to her. Um, oh, but that's the painting of yourself. Yeah, is that that's the one that you can choose to buy? I, the one the, the the violinist one is just on the wall in the salon. Right. If, you, if you click on it, it just says. Oh no, you can't you can't have that one because that one's already been promised to an innkeeper in Oslo or oh, okay. wherever the hell he is. Oh, Oslo. Austria. Is he in Austria? I don't know. Yeah. Who cares? 
somewhere in Europe. <laughs> I'm not totally sold this idea of, oh, I can see their different layers. And we look at, did you paint the actress then? She's the older actress that the grandfather yes, has a crush yes, on. Yes, yeah, I yeah. painted her, yeah. Where you could sometimes see her as the young actress, and you sometimes see her as the, the old, old woman, woman, and there's a third one in there. I get it, but it's, I don't know, it feels a bit forced here, especially because, and this is why I'm surprised that you like this chapter, is that you basically, you have to fail. Because he, Franz, has to fail, otherwise the story doesn't make any sense. He has to keep failing at the paintings, not getting them quite right. Even though I feel like I pulled out all three of her personalities, and I don't think there are any more layers for me to find. Ah, I see what you mean, yeah. I just took that as just be, it was being part... I didn't see it as a puzzle, because the, it's not really a puzzle game, is it? So I just saw it as part of the story, so it didn't bother me. Uh, okay. I wasn't playing it like a puzzle. I kind of was. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, you get to go and meet Freud, uh, and... We don't meet him, you have a session <laughs> or two. First off, let me throw in a couple things here. One, the map. Let's talk about the map. Oh, yeah. What do you think about the map? I like the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would. Of course I would, because you'd hate it, obviously. I like the map. I, I, and again, I'm not a pixel art guy, but I love this map, because it's it reminds me of the map from Broken Sword, which is just this stupid map with like overly sized buildings, and then this really this character that's just like four blocks. Just... I mean, there's more pixels in Pac-Man. Um, but it works. It works because it's, it's all in fitting with the whole visual aesthetic of the whole game. So, yeah, didn't bother me. Visually wonderful. Totally fine. Yeah. Having to get your stupid little pixel to walk around from place to place. Just let me fast travel. There's <laughs> oh, no yeah. point walking there's, around. There's not even a double click. I did try that because I was like, okay, I'm going to this building, but I'm all the way over here. It's like, he's waddling. He's waddling. Can I double click on the building? Uh, no, he's still waddling. You can even change your mind part way through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just such a waste of my time. <laughs> give me a map, but don't give me the little person having to walk around. And the amount of effort it must have taken, at least in my head, it seems like it must be a lot of effort to not only have the map, but to map out the different paths for that little block to walk around. And then sometimes it seems like there's more than one path the block will take. Yeah. I think it depends what building you come out of, yeah. You've put so much effort into <laughs> this, <laughs> and yet you didn't think about, oh, I need to, like when the critic tells you you're not good enough, you need to experience the real world, talk to your grandfather, he knows about the real world. And then Franz in text says, Oh, well, I should go see my grandfather at his house. And they didn't bother to give you a picture of the grandfather in the house. They just give you a bit of text that the grandfather says, Oh, hi, Franz. How are you? Franz says, Oh, I need to talk to you, grandfather. Grandfather says, How about we meet in the market? Oh, I went straight to the market. <laughs> I didn't even find his house. I, it wasn't a choice that I had. Oh, okay. So apparently this the choices I made, Directing me to this. You don't actually see anything, though. It's just a brown nothingness. <laughs> Why did they not just say, well, that's good. I plan to meet my grandfather at the market anyway, and then just go to the right, market. Right. Why, <laughs> why point out blatantly that you didn't have time or the effort to make this other 
background. <laughs> Ran out of time. The dog, was, the dog ate it. Just, but just, just skip it. Just skip it. Yeah. And it's so, it's so infuriating. It's like, okay, look, <laughs> you didn't have to have the little person walking around. And the the thing you should have done is make sure you've got a bed for Wilma in the first one. And if you're going to take me to the grandfather's house, he has a house. (laughs) Kind of important, yeah. As far as the different locations, yeah, they're okay. And it's indie. I'll forgive the fact that we all have to use the exact same locations all the time. Yeah, yeah. Library, market, study, not study, uh, studio and salon. That's the four for this level, isn't it? Pretty much. But even when we get to the final chapter and we're retelling a lot of it, we're still coming back to the marketplace, yeah. <laughs> the, the salon, so many of these things again. There is a semi-love story, I think, that's meant to develop between Franz and Greta, but I couldn't get it to work. I think I did in my original playthrough, because or, or I'm misremembering it, because I don't remember this ending that I got with this one. I'm pretty sure we did, but I didn't manage to trigger it this time, so I don't know. But yeah, it definitely looks like that it's heading in that direction. But yeah, I couldn't get it this time. I feel like a lot of this, in a way, could be told very Twilight Zone-esque. As though a character really can see this. And then this sort of twist at the end where Franz admits to Freud he can't see his own layers. He said, oh, well, tell me about that second easel you've got. There is no second easel. Well... I think maybe you should go home and check out. (laughs) And and there it is, and pull it off. And, oh, I've been trying to find my own layers, and that's been the problem. And then watching him paint and paint and paint and paint. Yeah, Yeah, I can see this working. But in this format, and this amount of time, just felt too long. There's a lot of back and forth. I do a painting. I have to go to the salon. I have to see what Greta thinks of it. Yeah. It's not good enough. I have to find another person. Every day I find another person. Then I black out. Then I go, maybe for you that part of the story works. Yeah. But as a game, I was getting really annoyed. Mm-hmm. I was just getting really bored of having to do the same thing over. It is a long chapter, though. Uh, even because this time when I played it again, I just recorded the whole the whole scene as I, as I was playing through it. Episode one was about took me about forty minutes to click through. This one took me about an hour and twenty, so it's definitely a, a lot longer than the first one. I think, <clears throat> I think at the time when it was made as well, because they've got all those next time on the Lion Song. It's almost like it was intended to be released episodically in the first place, and it. it this is one of the few times that I would agree with episodic content because playing it back to back this time around. Um, for a second time, yeah, this you can definitely notice that the it becomes a bit of a grind playing them together. But if you were to play them one at a time and take a break between each one, especially if you've been waiting for however many months until the second one comes along, oh, it's an hour and twenty minutes now this time. First one was a bit short. This is maybe better, but playing them for yeah, like almost two and a half hours is yeah. But binge playing it as I did was maybe not the not the best way. Yeah. It really starts to show you the flaws. It really starts to bring home the repetitive nature of yeah. the game, the formulaic essence of each story. That There's going to be a lot of back and forth, back and forth, especially in the third one. 
Like the second one, it feels a bit rough, but the third one, ugh. Yeah, that's why it's my favorite. <laughs> it is? Yeah, man. I love the math chapter. And even though I hate maths, this is my favorite chapter. Oh. It had to be, Justin. It's the one that you hate, so it's the one that I like. Is that the way it works? I think so. I'm beginning to see a pattern here. We'll have to get Emma to figure that out for us, I guess. Not Emma, M. Well, you get to make that choice, actually. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. All right. And I did not choose that. So math time. Oh, who we 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 actually get to we almost get to paint her in the chapter two or him. Yeah. Which, as soon as I saw the glasses in the third one, I realized <laughs> what had happened. Yeah. Went, oh, that whole bit about I I can't grow a beard. It's like yeah. Well, <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> That's the. One that I did make sure that I redid in the third chapter is I okay the first the first time I'm I'm so done with this <laughs> I'm I'm bored I want to finish no you can't paint me just cut that out completely but you can choose to redo that mm. and when I chose to redo that I went back and I went, okay well let me see how that plays out from the other side okay and basically you do. A, the whole conversation of Franz coming up and saying, I want to paint you and you saying, Oh, I'd be delighted. Mm -hmm. Then you have to go back to the apartment to do the same math thing you did before. Mm -hmm. Quote unquote math thing. Yeah. And then she'll say, Oh, I have to go for my sitting now. And she goes and then just immediately comes right back. She had to put on all the clothes <laughs> to get there and then come back and go, well, that turned out differently than I was expecting. It's like, that's all that was? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't do that before because I might have rage quit if I'd done that uh, the first I did, time. I didn't, I didn't get painted this time either. I think I did the first time, but I'm pretty sure I didn't bother this time. Emma is a mathematician who's desperate to get into what's called the Radius Club that's held in a cafe every day? I think I so. They, don't you guys have jobs? Oh, no, you're mathematicians. Well, they do. They're all professors. That's and what they I mean. All, they all go in later, I guess, to lecture. Work, you guys working two days a week. It was just stupid. I like. I, I mean, this. it's very point-and-click logic, a lot yeah, of this stuff. It's so funny, though, because it's like, for the first time ever in my life, I was like, hey, I can do maths. Because <laughs> it's like, if an object's not moving, then it stopped. I just made a... A, an awesome equation. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't make any equation, though. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, I like this level because it's, uh, yeah, I can, I can maths. Um, <laughs> so this is the greatest character you could ever play <laughs> is a character who can handle math. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, I like the story for this. I, I, I liked it. I like the, the whole thing. I love the guy with, in like, this is total video game, not logic, but just video game presence, I suppose. That guy who's just like engulfed in a big pile of smoke and as he puffs out, like little omegas and pie signs come out. It's like, he's the Cheshire cat of the maths world. Um, yeah, it, it's a ridiculous level, but I like it. <laughs> We're going to finally get away in. I don't want to deal with all the process of... Let's just click. Give me some cake. Yeah. You, you well, that's inside. later, actually. Oh, is that later? Okay. This one is, oh, but uh, Professor Zoller asked me to come in. 
And then you get in oh, there. Oh, that's right. And yeah, the yeah, professor yeah. Zoller says, yes, you're a woman. You're a woman. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> they all laugh except for uh, the one, what, Nenner, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's to be expected. Okay. She gets laughed out because she's a woman. And then she gets home and a package arrives and it's her father's clothes. And then she's going to go to the, you can go to the library to work. Yeah, well, you have to, uh, or maybe you don't. I did, yeah. I'm assuming you have to. I, I, don't, I don't know. But yeah, you will help some customers along the way, some patrons along the way. And at one point, you're going to go to the market, and Emma will see herself in the reflection of the gentleman's suits. Oh, yeah, in shop. the clothes shop. That's right, yeah. And that's where she goes, oh, oh. I could just dress as a man. <laughs> If you try to dare enter the shop, which I've given you a text to make it seem like you could, she goes, oh, no, it wouldn't be proper for me to go in there. <laughs> There's a lot of, oh, it wouldn't be proper <laughs> that I just find a bit fishy. There's a. I like this whole vibe, though, because like even the dad dying is like, OK, so he died of TB. He's at a sanitarium. Immediately, I'm like transported to like uh, when I read The Magic Mountain. Um, Magic Mountain was in 1924, but obviously it's got a base in reality, and it's like it's. Um, I like this whole period, so maybe maybe that's why I like this game because I like all this. Oh no, it wouldn't be proper and stuff like that, <laughs> and just the roles of people back then and how they dealt with life and what was important to them and stuff like that. I, I like all this stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I just got some Thomas Mann vibes from this part, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so she gets. Uh, she gets into her, she tucks her hair into a top hat and leaves. I don't know why. She's like, oh, yeah, I can leave my hair hanging down the sides. That'll pass for sideburns. No, it won't. In what universe will that pass for sideburns? Well, and what's her voice actually sound like? Because in what universe is she going Hello. to actually? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a mathematician. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> but I have this problem with any anything like this where they try to pretend to be something they're not. Well, then Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, though I think that that's one of the lesser offenders. <laughs> I think more a lot of the 80s things where... Um, what was it called? Like, one of the boys or something? Where basically the same thing. The, the female protagonist dresses up like a boy to try and... Nah, I don't remember that. No. Yeah. And it's just... Not very believable. Right. <laughs> but this is true a lot of times. I think I've mentioned this before about Lord of the Rings, where Eowyn, what seems like weeks, is sitting with one of the hobbits, and he doesn't notice. But at least in, in the movies, he does. So mm. it's like, okay. But here, every, it seems like every day we're going to the Radius Club, or every few days, because sometimes it'll say, a few days later. Yeah. I just find it hard to believe that they would be so easily duped. Everyone would be so easily duped. Well, one of them's always asleep. One of them's in a cloud of smoke. Two of them are arguing, and one of them probably already knows. So there's only one left, really. But they do listen when... When she's speaking, yeah. Yeah, and when she's always solving the problem of the week. Yeah. But what happens is each 
time, like each day that we get to see, she's going to have some mystical experience that's going to put a further thought into her equation into her head. Yeah. And then we're going to have to go back all the way back to the house. Yeah, you don't carry so, a pen and paper with you. No, 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 no. <laughs> Even though clearly paper exists in this world, yeah. we have to go all the way back to write it on a chalkboard instead. Yeah. Little notebook could have come in quite handy. Pencil, bit of paper, done. She does work in a library. I'm assuming there's paper in the library somewhere. I do think it's interesting that you can click to change between Emma and Emil. And there's some kind of weird achievement at the end as well for that, like, or at least they take note of it that, like, you spent equal time as Emil yeah. or Emily. I did too, but I, I felt like I was forced to. I didn't feel like I had a choice. Neither did I. I mean... I only followed the game, what it told me to do. So it wasn't like I went around, maybe you should explore the city more as both the characters or something. I've got no I idea. did the market once, but it was just kind of boring. The herbalist will say two different things to you. Ah, okay. You know, he'll try to give you stuff for men right. versus stuff for women. It didn't <laughs> do that much for me. Yeah. It didn't entice me to want to explore more. And especially because of the map, <laughs> and every time you change, she can't take the clothes with her in a bag. So she has to go all the way home, change, and then walk all the way back again. There's a thing on the screen you can change. But it doesn't... Yeah, your little white block is going to go all the way back home and then back again. Oh, does it not just click and just change on the map? No. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that then. Which uh, made me want to change as little as possible. Uh, okay, I thought it just was automatic. I think maybe you start back at home. But you still have to walk from home all the way to wherever you want to go. It's like, oh, I want to go to the Radius Club. Let me switch clothes. Oh, now I have to walk all the way back. <laughs> and the amount of time you have to go back and forth in this one in particular. Yes, yeah, quite that. I mean, the second one felt a bit rough, but this one was <laughs> just annoying. Having Nicole there was good. I didn't get to make her my friend, I guess. I must have chosen some. I must have chosen the same things. I thought I was being friendly with her. There's one bit of dialogue where you choose to say she's my friend or she's my neighbor, and I think maybe I chose uh, she's okay. my neighbor. Yeah. But if it's as simple as that, mm. you get one choice, and you either get it or you don't. Yeah. That also doesn't really appeal to me. You're going to, as Emma, uh, build this up more and more, where she's getting her equation to go further and further. You're going to constantly hear about the leaf falling. You're going to see it every time she goes to bed. Yep. You're going to see people walking around the stairs, which add to her equation, I guess. Did you look it up? Is this anything? What? The, if the a, math that she came up with. If a, if, a, if a boat moves between Dover and Calais, there was a change. <laughs> Eureka. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what she says at one point. It's like, a boat moved from this place to this place, so there was a change. That's it. I've got it. <laughs> or was it that? Because I thought it was meant to be that he made a realization over that. It time. was, but I mean, it's so dumb. It's like, yeah, I mean, like, of course, I mean, even I know that. It was a change. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, really? That's, a, that's your big eureka moment? Uh, but, okay. I well, don't know. I mean, the, the, the like, as, the, as a math thing, then I've got no idea about the equation. I mean, it must be based on re- some kind of reality. I mean, it, it, don't, didn't mathematicians take like 7,000 pages to prove that one plus one equals 
two or something like that. Or but this is again part of my issue of if this is a real thing and this is a fake character, then you're giving her credit for something that somebody else did, mm. and that feels a bit weird in a universe they've given us that still has Freud and Clint, yeah, and, like these other famous people. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, we don't get to dress Freud up as a woman, so. Maybe maybe it's not real because maybe they can't do that with characters. There would be some, oh, you know, Floyd wasn't into that. Maybe he was, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's why. As you progress through, you've got Nicole who will become close to you and will get in on your secret, basically because she's been watching you too much anyway and yeah. like bursts in at one point. Well, you're dressed as a man, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can explain. Uh, you're just wearing pants. It's not that big of a deal. You're wearing trousers. Like, it's not a huge deal. Hey, it was in the 1910s. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, the fact that Nenner comes to Emma's place and he doesn't go inside because that wouldn't be proper. That one I understand. Yeah. That one I'm like, okay. But I, uh, Nicole feels a bit forced in here. Yeah, because she has to discover it, doesn't she? Because she's got to give it away. So even if you, I imagine even if you completely are cold to her, she will still bust in. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. You have Nanner who becomes your friend and you work towards that. But it was kind of zero surprise to me at the first instance when all the other mathematicians were laughing at her for sneaking into the Radius Club. He wasn't. Yeah. Well, that's going to be my friend. And also then when you go dressed as Emil, he's the only one who is useful at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zoller just talks over you the whole time. The rest you can't even really talk to. Yeah. So they're not really, (laughs) not really helpful. So you have that. Then you have the whole thing with Zoller and his sister being in the hospital and he's talking to her. And she seems to be like a vegetable, like a vegetative state or something like that. And he's like talking to her, but she's not saying anything. But he's like, oh, thanks for the advice. Yeah, he's using her as a vessel to like greenlight his own yeah. BS, basically. Yeah. I need to go confront this Emil and deal with him. Good thing his address is on the notes that, <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. I read. That I stole. Um didn't didn't steal. No, no, he was, he was giving them. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I did look it up. Um, the because at the end of the game, the mathematician, I can't. I will not even pretend to pronounce her her last name. Yeah. Um, I did look her up because it says she went on to Yorkshire University to 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 be like a visiting math professor. Not real. So I I did look her up. And I, oh yeah, I, I looked her up. Almost I couldn't find anything. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted. To understand what the heck this equation was she was working right, on. No, no. It looked like she was working on wave functions. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it's a wave. Yeah, And so that's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, okay, was she important for that? Is mm. she a real person? And I, I couldn't find anything about her. In fact, the Google search for her just kept bringing up the Lion Song, which is usually oh, right, a okay. sign. Yeah. That- <laughs> that's like us when we were trying to find out stuff for the Black Watchman and it takes you straight to Alison Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Except in in this case, it's not something based on reality. 
when you can only get this one. Yeah. It's not the top search, but when this is the only thing you get, it's pretty good indication that it's probably not real. Yeah, I didn't even get a Google whack with that. It was just like, oh, if I put in her name, Yorkshire University, sometimes, or if I added some other things, like I looked up that and a few other names, and yeah, Google just came up completely empty. Like, that doesn't happen very often. But this will all lead up to the incredible climax of the debate, the debate. at the university, which must have to happen, right? There's no yeah. way around it. I think so. All right, so you have your debate, or is all going to take you down, and I think that there's no way for you to lose as well. Mm -hmm. So this is, my goodness, is this an overly dramatic <laughs> scene? Ace Wright, yeah, attorney at law, objection! I was thinking that, yeah. <laughs> and the crowd going nuts. Yeah. There's one point, too, where they made a mistake, where it's supposed to be clapping, and they put knock instead. It's like, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> I mean, maybe they... I thought they were knocking the tables. Maybe. Like, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they're trying to say. Yeah. But all the other times, I think it was clapped. Yeah. So it seemed a bit weird. I'll let it go. But the overly dramatic debate was just ridiculous and <laughs> laughable. And maybe that's why you like it. Yeah. But I just... It oh, just goes on so long. It goes on way, way too long. And oh, she might lose... Oh, he made a good point about something. Oh, heaven forbid. And the way they do the facial expressions, it's very ace, right? It's way over the top. It's Harvey Birdman. No, it was... There's some point, when I was playing it, the guy... What's his name? Zaller? Mm -hmm. Like his face when he's got that shocked look. I don't know why, but he reminded me from like a stunned boxer face from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to end... With M, mm -hmm. as you, you chose, winning. And then you can choose to completely humiliate him or give him a bit of respect, I guess. I think I crushed him. Okay, yeah. so what happens when you crush him? Because if you're nice to him, then you get this little epilogue scene where you're walking in front of the suit store. Uh -huh. And she says, oh, this is where it all began. And she makes a lot of bad math puns. And mm -hmm. he, Zoller is like, oh, what, what did I get myself into? Let's just go professor. You know, and he called him professor. Oh, okay. Well, he's, he wasn't there for me in that scene. So it was uh, the other guy that invited me to the university in the first place. Oh, really? Because in mine, he just disappears. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. No, I was with him and was telling him the same story, same math puns. Um, but yeah, I, and then at the end of the game, it's like, only 10% chose to crush Salar. It's like, yeah, and I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> this story, there's elements of gender identity, I guess, as well, based on the fact that she's not sure. Like, a lot of the dialogue choices are, I'm not sure who I am anymore. Yeah. Or, I'm not sure whether to call myself Emil or Emma. Or M, yeah. Yeah. And so there is that. Nenner also has a line in the playthrough I had where he says, well, I kind of understand because I have my own secrets, but we don't know what those are. Oh, I just hinted at. don't think I got that line, but okay. What? What is it? <laughs> Talk to me. Make up your own mind. Yeah. But that's it. And it's just, yeah, it's just for me. It's just really long. And especially because it's so formulaic and the going back and forth and back and forth and me thinking, oh, do I have to go to the library again? To have to change clothes to go back to the library again. 
Do I have to go back to the market again? Yes. <laughs> Do I have to go back to the cafe and the radius again? And walking across the radius seemed to take a while. Like, that's, to get to it in that's the cafe. What, that, to be honest, I thought that's what you would be more annoyed about because that takes longer than going from building to building, I think. Like, just getting across the the cafe floor and to the back room. Forbid you click on something that has text, so you have to... Wait through it. Yeah, yeah, click through it. <laughs> Those are a lot of coats. Oh, I don't want to hear about the coats again. Those guys are arguing. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's done. It ends. And then we get on to chapter four. Which is a lot shorter. At least it felt a lot shorter. Well, I think, one, it is shorter. But two, it's going to feel shorter because you're not stuck into one person's story. You're not doing the exact same thing mm. over and over again. You're doing some stuff that you've done before and going to places you've been before, but at least it's broken up into four in right. this one. So you have the four people now. A man will enter. So you have four men in the train compartment mm-hmm. as they're on their way. You are somebody who was a journalist, wanted to be a journalist, who's going to ask a ton of questions. And this is okay. You get to talk to Otto, who's going to play his harmonica for you. And, of course, he plays the lion song, because what else would he play? Yeah. You're going to have Paul the forger. You're going to have the drunk math student. Yes. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, let's get into the individual stories. So, we have Paul the painter. Probably the most interesting of them. I like this story, yeah. But at the end of the game, it's like... Oh, you didn't escape from the police. I didn't have time. It's like two seconds to click on something. Yeah, and it's all cloudy, and I didn't, I didn't even have know anywhere what to I was go. supposed to be doing. I mean, I know what you have to do, and I knew it this time. I was like, I got to click on that box because you got to jump the fence. Did you go back and try it? No, you have to okay. jump the fence. But I couldn't even, even though I oh. knew the solution, I couldn't click on it in time because those cops are on you, man. I thought it was something in the map I was supposed to go to a nah. different location or something. Yeah, it's something like. Only 9% have been able to do it. Yeah. We have, in his story, it's a cool little story because it does connect back to the art one where he was forging the paintings to sell to tourists. Yeah. And in particular, the paintings of Franz from chapter two. But at one point, he outgrew himself and me, (laughs) and I could no longer do it. Uh, Again, a bit overly dramatic for my taste. Also, the fact that he's copying the paintings in the market, where <laughs> where not only Franz and his grandfather walk by, but also a cop is there. Yeah. Why don't you do this in your apartment? Isn't or... that what forgers do? Like, in secrecy, like in a basement somewhere? No, I'm going to do it in front of the my friend, the herbalist. Hey, shop, everybody. Who he, he complains about everybody else being in front of his shop. Like, anytime you don't buy anything, he goes... Well, then get out of the way for paying customers. <laughs> but this guy could just hang out and paint in front of him all day. I, mean, I thought he was like painting. I thought he was actually painting something. Like, oh, he's painting the market scene. But it's like, what you? oh, you were forging in the middle of the market. Okay. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah. He's going to end his story. How does he end his story? I'm trying to remember. It's like. He just gets caught by the cops and then they, they draft him. That's right. So he's he's drafted because of that, and he wants right? to. He's the one that wants to run away, isn't he? So he's the one that's like, I'm I'm deserting before we even get off the train. Right. And did he and yours? Not mine. I told them. No, we all went to war. We all survived. 
Yeah. Uh, there's... Except for like the 35 million that don't. Which they yeah. Make sure to tell us. Yeah. I thought at least one of them would die. It's like, no, everyone happy ending. All went back to their families and had a good life at the end. Except for those other people. Yeah. There is... The weird bit, though, because he was getting on the train and he had, like, a girlfriend at the time. Like, how did that happen? Didn't he just get out of prison, though? I'm very confused by his story and how that works. Oh, you mean, like, from before when he gets on the train? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, was that not him? No, I think it was him. Paul the Forger, yeah. Um, I don't know, then. I think, yeah, maybe that is him getting out of prison and, like, get on the train, you're off to, you're off to the front. Yeah. Although, I don't know why his wife, his girlfriend, saying, will you be faithful to me? It's like, there's not a lot of women on, in the trenches. Right. <laughs> You've got Otto, whose story is all about... His sister. Yeah, pretty much. He doesn't have much for himself. No. He has a mini game where you have to move to steal the violin <laughs> only when she's sleeping or something. Again, I'm I'm all behind the game. I like it, but just, if you're not going to make a puzzle game, don't bother. Like, I really don't need this pathetic little mini game. Just have it as a part of the story, at least. Just, like, click on the violin and take it, you know. Don't be like, okay, I'm going to Metal Gear Solid it across here, you know, to steal this violin. Uh, It's so dumb. There was the scene where I don't know what they're trying to convey. Wilma says, though, the song could be better, and... The father hands her the violin and says, Will you play? Like, for the first time? Because, one, impossible. She just immediately goes, Oh, well, it sounds perfectly the first time. Now yeah. she's been playing and been playing, and, and now she's playing a little bit more, and he says it's yours. That makes a bit more sense to me. Yeah. But it feels like she's doing it for the first time, and that does not work. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's kind of why I thought she was some kind of pro- child prodigy, because she just seems to pick up the violin and go like, All right. And she she plays it out, you know. Um, yeah, the, the the whole story with the bar and how she meets Alfred. Arthur. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, well, Arthur, yeah, Arthur. Um, and that pretty inappropriate bit with the guys that want to obviously pay her for sex. I didn't know why they threw that in there, but okay, fair enough. Just to make the brother seem like her protector or something like that? Yes, but also... That plays into the dialogue where they say, oh, like the time, say I took the coins, Mm -hmm. and then the journalist will say, oh, well, you need to not be so hot-headed in war, you need to think about what's best for all the people, not just in the moment, don't let Mm -hmm. adrenaline overtake you, and he references that section, so it feels like it's kind of there... It's kind of there for that, but it's also there to show the kind of life that they were stuck living, mm. probably. And Wilma handles it very well and says, you know, say hi to your wife for me and things like that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That works, but then you also have to have that scene so that you can see how she got to the school, I guess, from being a, you know, living on a poor farm mm. to going to some amazing Music Academy right. in Vienna. You can't even get a beer from the bar. The last story is about the mathematician, but this one is like, yeah, she taught us some classes, and then we got her picture taken, and it was great. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. You have to, there's a little mini game there as well where you've got to get rid of the boy. 
How did you get rid of him? I got snap bangs from That's what I did. my friend. And supposedly there's other ways to do it. So. Apparently there are. I don't care. No, nah, me neither. <laughs> we got our picture. And then it turns into suddenly, hey, and we're all going to war. Oh, great. <laughs> and discussions of that. And Paul trying to run away, but he only runs away to the next cabinet <laughs> over. And then they all end up going, and we get a huge summary about absolutely everyone and what they did. Mm-hmm. So in my playthrough, things like Wilma went home to her family and still wrote music and taught children how to play. Yeah, that's why I go. I don't think I don't know if that changes. I'm pretty sure that's all the same. You get all sorts of things like the was it Franz who was still drawing people in the trenches or something? <laughs> There's all sorts of <laughs> yeah. things going on like that. And then yeah. <laughs> you get all the summary of all the characters and then suddenly thirty eight million lives were lost in World War One. So Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I know it was bad, but you're not reflecting that in what you just did. Like you said, you gave everybody a happy ending. So is it like, well, we can't have a happy ending about the war. We have to remind people how many people died. Yeah, I mean, just have all of them die. I mean, and then if you want to say how tragic World War One was. I mean, there's another great game about World War One, and it's called uh, Memories Untold, I think it's called. Like Memories Untold 11-11. Something like that. And it's got a really unique art style and it's all about World War One. I. I would definitely recommend that to play. It's a kind of walking sim, a little bit puzzle game. Um, but that's good because it's it is about World War One. This just felt like, oh man, what else can we add? Let's throw in something about World War One and how bad it was. Alright. <laughs> just tacked on at the end. It's so out of place. Cause they never even mention it. I suppose they don't because it's before World War One. You can't see the future, but and they do say, it's like, oh, you know, we're going to war because of one crazy man's bullet kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so jarring with the rest of the story. It's like the whole thing up until now has been about art and everyone trying to find their path in life. And, and they're all, they'll all have some kind of obstacle to overcome to get to the next level of their art. And then World War One. Like, it's just weird. It's weird. Overall, the game for me, look, it's just not my type of game. It's got a lot of positive reviews. People seem to like it. I'm happy to let people like it. It's just not for me. And I do not want to come across this kind of game again. I think visual novels in general are just not for me. They're not for me either, man, to be honest. That's why I was surprised by this. I don't feel like I'm getting to play a game. I feel like... The only difference between this and a movie or an episode of a series is that I get to make a few choices, Mm -hmm. but they make minimal difference. You've got the aspect of Telltale in here with the so many people chose to do this. Yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) That I get it in a way a sort of social experiment. Yeah. But at the same time... I'm not that interested in it. I'm not interested in playing it again. I'm not interested in finding absolutely every connection. I like the fact that they have the gallery. There's a gallery in the main area you can go to and see all the connections. I appreciate that. I think the developers are very involved with their community and react to their community. And I think that 
they mean well and they want to do well. And so I don't want to really harp on the, the bad parts of the game too much. Because I think mostly it's like if somebody told me to watch a musical, I don't like musicals, there's a very good chance I'm not going to like it. And that's because it's just not for me. Whereas a lot of other people do love them. And I think that this is very much the same thing. People love this kind of game. I just don't. Gaps for the more gaps created. 